everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Through the eyes of. Um, so then, uh, at what point did you start watching? Maybe you, this is always something that you were doing, but start watching biathlon more faithfully, more regularly, more like watching almost every race. I would say probably when I when I finished college, because then I started. I moved in with, or my girlfriend at the time moved in with me, and then. Um, yeah, so that was around late nineties, and that's that's where I would literally, um, well, I don't know what we what we had at the time. I didn't set alerts on my phone, but um, <laughs> yeah. I said re- or had reminders to watch watch the races on the German TV mm-hmm. every weekend. And um, not saying I would never skip one, but I would if I had a chance, I would definitely watch it mm-hmm. live. And then. I did that pretty much throughout my remaining time in Holland. And then when I went to Canada, I probably lost track of it a little bit. Like I would still check the results and that kind of thing, but it wasn't really any way to see it. And then, uh, yeah, maybe three, four years ago, I don't know when the IBU started broadcasting it in Canada. So they actually have the, uh, the web broadcast for free in Canada now. And I think that maybe may have started three or four years ago, but maybe have had it even longer. I don't know. But because mm-hmm. nobody else is broadcasting it in Canada, we can receive the, the free free broadcast. So, uh, which has its pros and cons, I suppose. But yeah, that's how I uh, how I watch it now. And so, yeah, I've been pretty much getting up for every race in the last two, three years. Which Basically is tough getting up. because... Yeah. It's early. You're getting up at what time? <laughs> well, for the normal races, it's, I don't know, it's still reasonable, like five or six in the morning. But yeah, we've, yeah. especially in the Olympics, man, that was. Oh my gosh. Well, you stayed up, right? There were a couple nights that you just. Yeah, there's yeah, they were, a couple nights. Yeah. They were, because they were like one o'clock your time. Those yeah. Miserable. And I, of course, I would just do some data analysis in the meantime. And then... <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Because, well, seriously, you got to do something to keep yourself awake. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I have a handful of questions here that came from uh, from from listeners. I apologize. I, I I was just we were just talking, and I I I'll be honest, I forgot about them. Um, so uh, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through these real quick. So, um, uh, what are your who are your favorite athletes? You mentioned uh, Sven Fisher. Was there anybody else that uh, that you wanted to, to mention? Uh, favorite athletes, I I. Well, I mean, I liked Olana Bjornalen in the sense that, you know, he was so good, but he was so down to earth and laid back. And I and I really liked uh, Raphael Poiré that then mm-hmm. was always battling with him. And he also seemed very laid back. And um, I, I liked the, uh, the competition between the two, but they still seemed to uh, get along or, you know, just I don't know if they were friends or not, but. So I have very fond memories of that. Um, I've always liked Kaiser Makaranian because mm-hmm. she, even during the race, she seemed to be smiling. Uh, and just, you know, 
her 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 skiing technique like was always very spiffy and um i don't know it's um there's some german athletes that stand out in my my head that uh because a they were really good at the time and b they were you know on the tv that i was watching uh, mm-hmm. and being interviewed and stuff so um eric lesser stands out as just a seemingly super cool guy um and and you know you you don't expect any uh standard answers on any questions from him right no. and, and and also because he's very involved outside of biathlon so uh, yes. yeah so those are there's some people uh that stand out um yeah live great foire or uh Bright. is that how you say it um she, don't look at me up, yeah and uh and and our uh one of our former guests uh Ukalek. i i think it's amazing that somebody from you know not just denmark which is already a small country mm-hmm. but you know, from greenland and just participating on a world cup it's just uh mm-hmm. that's just super cool that just yeah tells you uh how awesome this sport is and and in some way available to uh to many small nations too mm-hmm. i don't I, I must say i I was aware of the Canadians in the past, but never really mm-hmm. too much detail. I know that Nathan Smith um, had had a couple of really good results, and I was definitely like pumping my fist when that was happening. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- that's one thing about biathlon that I really like. I did not have one favorite or one person that mm-hmm. really stood out, and and you know I more enjoyed you know the J- JT Bow. Martin Foucault competition and, and yeah. you know, those, those tight battles and especially when they have kind of different styles and yeah. Yeah. Speaking of those guys, do you have a, uh, when, when somebody asks you who's the greatest biathlete of all time, do you have one that, that comes to mind immediately or do you sort of have a, a group that's at the top? No, the first that comes to mind is Bjorn Dahlen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many, ways to interpret that like strictly medals or based on impact on the sport or um yeah when you say who's the first that came up definitely Bjorn Donnan is the one that stands out to me um yeah with with a lot of respect for for Cod um there were there were some small things that I did not like about for Cod he he seemed a little bit too cocky sometimes in my opinion um you can say that added charm to the sport, and I'm the first to uh, to agree with that. But uh, I don't know. There, there were some things that I did not really like about Furcad, so it's probably not a uh, complete fair comparison. And I just, you know, like I said, Bjorn Allen's work ethic, and um, he was pretty timid, at least what you saw of him, and mm-hmm. um, again, down to earth. So, yeah, he would he would be my my goat. <laughs> Um, I should have asked this question uh, just a minute ago, but uh, do you have a, a, a favorite Canadian uh, biathlete? Uh, I like Jules a lot. Jules mm-hmm. Bernat. Oh, how can uh, you not? It's just, you know, as as we've had the pleasure of finding out, he's a great person to chat with. And uh, <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, I don't know. It's hard because every Canadian athlete or, or upcoming athlete I've talked to, they're all super nice when they, mm-hmm. when they chat with me. And, um, but yeah, uh, 
Jill is definitely somebody who I who I look out for. And luckily, mm-hmm. if he doesn't cut his hair too short, he's easy to <laughs> pick out. So, well, even um, if he does, he's still huge, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's super he's, tall, he's, and yeah, yeah, yeah you, like, so, oh, you can see him from from half a range away. I like, oh, there he is. Um, yeah. All right. Um, do you have a um, uh, a preference for? Um, or I shouldn't say a preference, but do you have a favorite biathlon race, like a singular race? Or actually, I'll, I'll make it, I'll ask it twice. So do you have a, a favorite race, like one single race that you saw? So like a single sprint competition or mass start or whatever. Or um, do you have a favorite like world championships or Olympics that were like those, like every race was just was just incredible um, that, that stand out to you in your mind? Hmm. The race most recently in the Olympics in uh, in China, the the relay, the first race was, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was one of those races for obvious reasons that really stood out um, with the team. So being close in the sprint to the finish, uh, I typically do like the um, you know whoever gets across the line first wins type of races. So mass start mm-hmm. and uh, and a pursuit, um, pursuit. I find a downside sometimes that. The, the gaps are so big that it's not always the most interesting to watch, but, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, those are the, the, the race disciplines that I like. Uh, and I do like the relays. I'm not overly crazy about the single, uh, mixed relay yet. Mm-hmm. Although the last time I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, this is actually kind of fun, but yeah. I, there seems to be a little bit of tendency by the IBU to, um, go in the direction of shorter and faster, mm-hmm. which is probably good for uh, getting more viewers. But I, I don't know. Like I also, there's something about the individual that I really like and the, maybe mm-hmm. the more traditional side to that. But yeah, I would pick Mass Start. Um, events, I typically am not, like I, I like the Olympics because all the, the stars are there and and, you know, it's a big event typically there's not a lot of spectators compared to you know an event yeah. in Holmacollin or, mm-hmm. or or Oberhof for roof holding and so I, I definitely think and I can't think of any specific year or example but watching you know events in roof holding during a world championship especially um, they're just always special like thousands and thousands of people waving flags and making a hell of a noise and yeah. mm-hmm. um the more recent uh, world championships in Antholds really stood out to me. Just mm-hmm. the sheer amount of people and and support that they uh, gave. And then um, last season, actually, I, I well, there was probably so I'm thinking of the uh, uh, Grand Bonnard races. Mm-hmm. Yes, Honestly, yeah. Grand Bonnard stood out, and it was probably also because it was one of the first events that had a crowd again. Mm-hmm. But you know, four rows thick all along the course, like doesn't get much better than that it was it was nuts so, and you're right especially coming off of not having spectators for so long it just it felt doubly crazy yeah um, and it just you know it's uh, china was was yeah, yeah was a nice event but it's you know there, there was basically other than the shooting range i, I can't even recall seeing anybody and anybody along the course other than coaches well, anyway. and, and because of COVID restrictions, there were barely anybody in the stands yeah. too. I mean, you could see yeah. just like a, a handful of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful for 2026 and, and Italy should be pretty wild. Yeah. That's yeah. 
Yeah, if they don't have uh, good crowds there, then unless it's COVID again, but... uh, Yeah, if they don't have good crowds there, you're never going to get them. No. Um, so, uh, what about, uh, the, the super sprint or the, the, the mass 60? Do you like those? I think the mass 60 is a really cool concept. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've only seen one, one race like that so far. Um, it, it feels a bit weird to see like a bunch of people go and then half of them stop and the other ones are still skiing along. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. It, I think it's a great way to uh, to make to keep the mass start and and have more people able to participate. I don't I don't foresee that we were ever going to go to a a larger shooting range, so I think this is sort of the best option. Um, so I think I think that's a it's a great event. Super sprint. I don't know. That's that's kind of that what I was talking about, like the direction yeah. of shorter, faster. Uh, I don't know doesn't get me overly excited at this point but who knows i might change my mind but so i've got a bunch of uh sort of quick hitters here um that uh i you know you you didn't get a chance to see these online and these are sort of uh i don't know uh we'll 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 see how they go so um uh one of the things that we have talked about a little bit with uh some of our more recent interviews are uh, like a mixed nation relay teams um, and are there any teams that you could think of off the top of your head that you would like to see put together? So these can either be like a, a mixed relay or, a, a, you know, like a, a four by, you know, whatever. So uh, like a women's relay or a men's relay or, or whatever. So any, any groups in particular that stand out? Well, I mean, someone like Ukulele comes mm-hmm. to mind right away and and pretty much any athlete that would otherwise not have enough participants like when i think of the us or or canada um that's kind of mixed because they normally would have enough participants to fill their own team so i i wouldn't want to take the opportunity away from you know the athletes that are still you know coming up and um but i you know at the same time i think it would be cool to to see what the top four athletes of the U.S. and Canada combined could do, but um, I think that idea was more based on participants that are currently unable to to race any mm-hmm. relays. Um, so smaller nations that you know just don't have enough people, and then if that's mixed or or you know female or male, that doesn't really matter too much to me. But um, the other thing is that. Um, I don't know, one of the last races or race events had both a relay event and a single mixed relay. Mm-hmm. And then for a nation like Canada, you need to make some tough decisions on, yep. you know, how are you going to fill it in? And that's where I also think that mixing nations could be um, beneficial to both both the IBU and to those nations themselves. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I I think it's pretty easy. You could just let them ski under their their own suits and everything, and just uh, under I don't know, like a neutral flag or make up a flag. I don't care, and just yeah. they wouldn't get points if that's you know a reason not to do this. Just say, well, otherwise you wouldn't participate anyway, so we're not going to give you points for anything you achieve. But at least you get that experience and you get that mm-hmm. that 
you know, yep. uh, the ability to participate. So I, I, I would love to see that. I just, yeah, I keep thinking of, of Ugalek where I'm like, she should have the opportunity to do more races. And yeah, it's it, in a way not fair. And I also, like, I'm thinking of Johannes Dahle where, you know, mm-hmm. he was, what, fifth two seasons ago. And then last season he, he went to the IBU Cup. I'm not saying him specifically, but I also think, you know, maybe if nations that are large like Germany and, and, uh, and Norway, maybe they have athletes that are still pretty darn good and, and want to participate, but just didn't make the mm-hmm. A team. Maybe they can, you know, support a team like Canada who may be one person short and just be like, exactly. uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it a fill in, but, or stand in like they, I always think of, uh, so in hockey, both teams have their backup goalie, mm-hmm. but then at least for the NHL, there's always a, basically a, a goalie in the stands who is, mm-hmm. you know, either former top goalie or, um, somebody who went to high level college and then stopped, um, being active that way. Um, who's there if both goalies on one team are injured. And I think it would be nice for the IBU events to have, you know, a handful of athletes on standby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, U.S. wants to participate in a men's relay. One guy gets sick or only, they only have three at that event. Well, there's a standby guy who will just participate for that nation. And I don't know. Pull, like, uh, pull, I don't pull see Eric Lesser how it, out of retirement for the day. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, I, I just listened to his podcast and they were – Arndt Pfeiffer and, and Eric Lesser were talking about how even, you know, not being an active athlete for a couple of months already threw them back. But like, let's say you're, well, you're Okalek and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, two athletes that have retired a year ago or three, let's say three yeah. women, female athletes that have retired. So yeah, you're not going to win the race, but I think participating is still a lot more fun than just standing on the sideline and watching. So yeah, I, I had a moment here to, obviously, I, I thought of the question, so I got to think of my own thing, but Ukulek was who came to mind for me as well, because I, you know, just listening to her talk and how passionate she is, you know, that she would jump at the chance. And then mm-hmm. we interviewed uh, Baiba uh, Bendika back Baiba at the beginning saying, yeah. of the in the summer, and she would jump in. And then I thought, uh, you had to round out the team, and there's uh, uh, Stramus from Moldova. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, what, Todorova from Bulgaria, and I don't know if they have four women they yeah. can put together. There you go. There's four women throw them out there and let them have a blast, you know? And, and, uh, and it's so, not like they, they're going to end like half an hour later than anybody else. No, no, right? no, no. It's, they're going to, you know, they might not be able to beat the Norwegians or the, the French sure, or the Czech, yeah. but you know, but Hey, they can go out there and compete and why not? And, and yeah. they don't need to factor in the, when you're, when you're tallying up points for, sorry, I'm taking over your, your answer, oh, but when you're, when you're, when you're taking up, uh, you know, tallying up points for nation's cup or whatnot, but it, I mean, at least it gives them another chance to go out there and race. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Anyway. Well, and it's, you know, if, if I'm from Greenland or Bulgaria or Latvia and I see yeah. one of my superstars participate with three people from other nations, mm-hmm. if anything, I would say that's motivating. Yes. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, there, so there's opportunity if you, if mm-hmm. you just make it to the national team to, anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, do you have any, uh, uh, or who are your top uh, social media follows for uh, for biathlon related content, either on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Ooh. I know uh, 
Biath Stats. Biathlon Stats is a uh, active follower. Um, you? <laughs> he, no, don't no, don't follow me. Um, There's a lot of so, Canadian uh, athletes on on Instagram actually that that seem to uh, always like the the stuff I post, um, and uh, the guys from Extra Runde, the German mm-hmm. podcast, they're always very supportive. Um, yeah. Biathlon Canada likes does a lot of likes on Instagram. Um, I, I feel really bad for, for not mentioning certain people. because I know there's the, uh, the, the girl from Poland, Poland who yep, is a, yep. a fan of Oberg, um, who's always, you know, and very active Iga, during biathlon season. And, and she's a big fan of Iga Sviatek, the, uh, the Polish tennis player yeah, who just won yeah. the U S open. So I want to give her a special, you know, shout out right here. Yeah. Congratulations. So, Enjoy I the mean, moment. I, I, you know, I, I, honestly mean it and i said that earlier like i do it because i i have a lot of fun with it but um the fact that people actually go through and read it and and provide feedback whether it's you know like constructive Mm -hmm. feedback or just you know praise or whatever it is i i really appreciate that that uh that people uh, go out of their way to actually do that so who who do you seek out and uh and go and go look at for for biathlon related stuff um, we talked a lot about real biathlon, but you know. Well, it's definitely. Let's put it the other way: if if you are posting about biathlon and you would like me to follow you or or get my interest, mm-hmm. visuals help. Whether mm-hmm. that's pictures or charts or graphs or that uh, videos, um, that that's just something that appeals to me. There's. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. That that's just something that will jump out at me. If I see mm-hmm. ten tweets about biathlon, I'll pick out the one that has visuals in it. That's just how my brain works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'll try to read all ten of them, but if I had to pick one, that's probably what I pick out. Um, I was just gonna say something else, but uh, it slipped my mind. And yeah, and I think. Consistency, which is funny because I've definitely not been very consistent in the last couple of months on Twitter. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, when when you kind of see the same people responding mm-hmm. to uh, to biathlon related stuff, that's because, I mean, I'm not going to say I get to know them, but you 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 get to know the, t- the Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever that yeah, person totally, may totally be. But, uh, and, and you and you feel that same passion and interest. So. That is that is super cool. Um, yeah. Um, and then two sort of related pieces or two oh, sort yeah. of related so can questions. I, can I add something to that? Yeah, um, please. The ones I don't like are the lazy journalists that steal people's work and then post it as if it's theirs. I had to put it in there because they've it frustrates me and it's not just i'm not just saying that because i did it with my work because i see that they do it with other people's work and i'm yeah and an idiot enough to when i see other people when they post something else that i think is new i actually now when they do that i look it up if i can find it somewhere else and nine out of ten times i just find it on a different news Mm -hmm. site and stuff and it it just makes me mad like i have no issue with people posting something that they found somewhere Especially when they're like, oh, look at this. This is cool. But to just go out there, steal people's work, and then pretend you came up with it, that I have no no uh, patience with people like that. 
Sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. Do, do not apologize for that. You're delayed. Um, for uh, for people who are looking to get into following biathlon, what's your uh, your your number one piece of advice? Uh, depends a bit where you are. I think you know for Canadians, I would definitely check out the uh, biathlonworld.com, and then you can go oh. to the to the live streams or even the. I think usually a day later they have a they post a recording of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously go to biathlonanalytics.com and penaltyloop.com and um, <laughs> definitely realbiathlon.com. That's the first two were, you know, kind of jokingly, but realbiathlon.com is, is a really great way to sort of see what's happening and find more information. Um, and if you have a chance, go out to a range and, and you know, stretch your hand out, make a little loop with your fingers and, and look through it and see and look at the target at 50 meters. And even if you can't, if you're not close to a range for just for fun, like find a, a dot on a wall or, or an object, walk about 50 meters away and stretch your hand out, make a, a ring with your finger, look through it and look at the target and realize how small that is. And, and just, you know, and, and even doing that, try to hold your arm still enough so you can actually look through that hole for five seconds. That's hard enough. Like, mm-hmm. what, it, it just it just really increases your appreciation of these athletes at, uh, at the IBU level. It's just incredible what they do. And then uh, same thing, do that, but go for a run first. <laughs> like, get your, get your heart rate up and then start looking at that same spot. 50 meters away through your, through your fingers. Like, yeah, I, I think that adds a level of appreciation if you don't have that yet, that, mm-hmm. uh, that well, for me, appreciating athletes makes me appreciate the sport. So that's, that's what I would say, but yeah, it's uh watch races and, and if you're interested, follow the data on realbiathlon.com. It's, and yeah, listen to our podcast, of course. But yes, I was waiting for it. <laughs> but if you're already, but if you're, it's so obvious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. If you're, just, if you're if you're already if you're already listening to this uh, this interview, then yeah, yeah check out the but, rest. You know, I also and that's what I like about our podcast. And it's not to tap ourselves on the shoulders, but um, I, I I really like podcasts that talk about uh, the past weekend and and go over mm-hmm. the results kind of step by step. But um, I really hope that we're adding. Uh, a bit more than that, just kind of giving more of an insight in, in what's happening on the event itself mm-hmm. rather than just the races. Um, like, you know, just chatting with these athletes and coaches just gives a lot more or a lot better idea of, uh, of what's happening outside of the races that we see on TV. And, uh, you know, I get these visuals of people tripping over uh, Baiba's workout equipment in the hall of a, <laughs> of a hotel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it's always good with sport to remember that these are just people that work really hard at their sport and, mm-hmm. um, but they're still people. They're still, they still have laughs. They still have tough moments. It's, it's good to remember that. So I've got some sort of silly questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, that I, I know we've been going for, for a while now, but I've got some silly questions. 
before we get to that, if there's anything else that you want to share with us that we did cover already, things that we need to know about you, about RJ as, as a person. Oh, you know way more about me already than, than you should. Okay. Well, uh, you know, if there's anything else that, that we haven't heard, now now is the chance. Um, well, I could play a little piano for you. <laughs> no, yes, I won't. No, I won't. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I just really like getting into stuff. And, and mm-hmm. um, so... I taught myself how to play guitar when I was mid-teens. And then when COVID started, I always dabbled a little bit on piano, but never really. And then and when COVID hit, I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta spend some time on this because I'm home more. So, I mean, I'm by no, by no means a piano virtuoso, but uh, mm-hmm. I know all the chords. I also, that's the other thing. I like learning everything by myself. I don't, I don't follow certain books or strategies. Mm-hmm. I just... And the piano thing is interesting that, that every chord is kind of the same when you count notes, how far they're apart and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't read music by any means, but uh, yeah. So anything, I I don't know. I That's maybe just a general thing is just if you like something, just dive into it. And, and, you know, the more thing, the more time you spend in it, you get either more interested or you could kind of bored with it. And then, you know, if you really have a passion for it. So something that people may not know is that the uh, the intro and outro music was actually done by RJ himself. He actually played the music. Yeah, he was in the what in the recording studio. We were in the recording studio for hours. Now you're going to tell right. me that the yodel is mine too. <laughs> yeah, well, we hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into the, the silly thing. So I actually, I, this is uh, part of this was, I went to a, uh, one of those websites and say, you know, one of like the, the classic interview questions. So here we go. Um, if you were going to have dinner, it's you and three other people, uh, living or dead. Um, who would you be having dinner with? Living or dead? Yeah. Man, oh man. Well, the first, pers- first person that came up in my head was Barack Obama because uh, I just think that he's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Oy. The second person would be Donald Trump. No, I think he's too busy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm okay with that. Um, there, well, uh, you've probably never heard of him, but Johan Cruyff. He's a, well, he was a, a Dutch soccer player mm-hmm. um, that I think would be very interesting to talk about sports in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to say, so my mom passed away a number of years ago and before we had kids and she mm-hmm. loved kids. And I would love to have dinner and a chat with her just to talk about my kids, but also about what I was like as a kid at the age that my kids are now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, other than that, there, there's interesting people like, you know, Nelson Mandela. I think the, uh, I I lost her name, but the, uh, what is her title? president of New Zealand or, or prime minister yes. of New Zealand yeah. Yeah. or even the, the prime minister of Finland now um, who got in the news. I don't know if you read that, but 
Yeah, but I think that would not be dinner. I think you'd have to take her out to a club or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then make sure that nobody takes a picture. But I just <laughs> think, you know, those type of people that get out of the major comfort zones, mm-hmm. um, I've just, you know, because of skateboarding, I'm seeing some YouTube videos of my kids and stuff, and you see all these, you know, cool dudes that are, you know, have no helmet on. And I was like, why would you not wear a helmet? And there's this one Canadian, Andy Anderson, I think. Mm-hmm. He's just different. He doesn't care what other people think of him. Like, I like that kind of people. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very, I don't know. Well, I am and I'm not. But, um, yeah, I like those people that, like, being prime minister at, what, 35 of a nation. Yeah. Um, I just would like to know what is that like? Like, what did you have to do and give up? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, the, the, the thought of sometimes when you think about life and, and bring it all the way back to the basics, it's just so weird with the situation that we've landed in. Yes. In the, like the, all these different things, like, um, you know, I watch BBC comedy. Mm-hmm. And my wife sees it and like half the time she's like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. But I grew up with that being totally normal. Yeah. And it's the same with, you know, when I was a kid, um, girls in my class or whatever, if you go to the beach, they'd be topless. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously in North America, that's a little different opinions about that. So I just, you know, like I said, when you bring it all back to basics, like, it's not that long ago that we were all walking around naked. Like, and we just decided at some point we needed to have clothes and that was probably just keep us warm and protected. But then it turned into, you know, fashion statement, that kind of thing. And it's all like, well, where did that come from? But so anybody who, who kind of just stands out and is, is different, not for the sake of being different, but just because they are comfortable and confident enough to be themselves and Mm -hmm. still, and yeah, and still, are, yeah, are totally themselves. And I, I'd be very interested in talking to people like that. Um, so uh, that was a much better answer than than I would have been able to give on, on <laughs> all right on the spot. So I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So uh, what uh, favorite places you've traveled to? Oh. Well, I, yeah, I mean, South Africa was pretty amazing. Here, Canada, the Rockies are are just fabulous. Um, I've I've went on a trip to, um, oh, what was the name? It's like this tiny hole somewhere in uh, Finland that was just gorgeous, Punkaharju. Hmm. Um. That was fantastic. I've I've been in you know Sweden and Norway at places where just breathtaking. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to to pinpoint something specific, but uh, it it pretty much all the places I think of in my head, I notice that there's no other people around or very few. I just <laughs> I think yeah. cities have their own beauty, and I mm-hmm. and I appreciate you know, architecture and, and just, uh, art pieces in the city, but I appreciate it much more on a Sunday when there's hardly any people around. I'm just not a, a big crowds person. 
even though I really like crowds at a biathlon race, but as long <laughs> as I'm not standing in between them. Um, favorite, uh, and you can answer any or none of these, uh, favorite books, movies, TV shows, and these can be past or present. Um, well, talking, um, the Hobbit made a huge impression on me probably when I was about 16. Um, so that's still one of my favorite books. It's really fun. Yeah. So my next question was actually Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'll, I'll come so, back to that later, but um, yeah. I don't know. I like, um, I've read a lot of, mis- no, not mystery, like um, uh, crime crime novels, sp- mm-hmm. specifically Norwegian or Swedish authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the setting appeals to me more, I guess. Um, I'm reading a lot of um, Terry Pratchett again from the Discworld, uh, which is more fantasy books, but it's mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that, so I don't have to think think too much and just enjoy and laugh. Um, I actually read a lot of kids' books, not just with my kids, but also because yeah. I just like kids' books because they're relaxing to read mm-hmm. um, and 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 fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I read a lot actually. Um I'm just looking at one book called The Red Machine, which is about the uh the Russian hockey team. Um mm-hmm. that was very fascinating to just have a peek inside the life of being a Russian in the seventies and eighties. So yeah, lots of books, but um a lot of comic books too. I've always really enjoyed comic books and not so much the Superman and, and uh mm-hmm. What is it, Marvel and DC? I, I just can't really get into that, but I, I read Tintin like probably 20 times each album and Asterix and yeah, I don't know. There's just so much out there and so much fun things. But yeah, Tolkien's Hobbit is is the book that, that made a huge impression on me and mm-hmm. interesting story. I don't know if I ever told you that. So I was in Bloemfontein in South Africa Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting, we were staying at this farm that had sort of converted their, one of their stables into a bed and breakfast. And we're looking out into the distance and there's like these mountains in the distance. And I was, I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, man, this just, I don't know why, but this reminds me of The Hobbit, just mm-hmm. the way it looks. And mm-hmm. and I had no idea, but Tolkien or, well, the the writer, I don't, I don't think that's his real name, but um, anyway, the writer, he grew up in Bloemfontein. And only later huh. I realized yeah. that he apparently said that, um, you know, it's not one-on-one copied, but yeah. the mountains around Bloemfontein have inspired him to to come up with the. So the fact that I didn't know and made a connection without knowing there was a connection, yes. made made me even more appreciate Tolkien how he could describe what he was seeing and turn that into like a fantasy world. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Movies, TV shows. Sorry, movies or TV <laughs> shows. Yeah. Oh man, I have never ever seen a single minute of Game of Thrones. Oh yes, that that was my my next question. So so decidedly Lord of the Rings on this one then. Yeah, although, <laughs> I mean, the 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 movies from Peter Jackson were amazing. What I do not like is when they, so there's three books, so they make three movies. I get that. But yeah. then all of a sudden, was it the third mo- or the third book that turned into three movies? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was multiple movies, yeah. And then The Hobbit turned into three movies? or Yeah. And I don't like that at all. Yeah. Because then you're just milking it. Yes. And that's the same Money. With, with, with those. Like, I'm not very interested in TV shows anymore mm -hmm. because they're just so, I don't know. Like, you can tell that they have a great story for the first season. Yeah. And then if it's successful, it's like, oh, my God, now we have to do a second season. Let's just quickly put something together. Yeah. And I don't. I don't, I, I much more appreciate those shows that say we're, we wrote three seasons yep. and that's it, whether it's successful or not. Mm -hmm. um, and there's actually a number of BBC shows that I really, really enjoyed that are, that are like that. And you're like, mm -hmm. man, I wish there was another season. But then again, I hope I, I'm happy that it's not because it would just be not yeah. the same quality. So and you wouldn't want it to be bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what is your uh, go-to snack? You just need to munch on something. What's uh, what are you what are you grabbing? Ooh, I, nothing comes to mind. You ate you ate a cookie on the way on the way to this yeah, interview. Ginger so. snap cookie. I like ginger snap cookies, but there's a lot I like. Yeah. Uh, I like a lot of candies and stuff, but I I typically uh, don't salt, don't salt, eat that. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. sweet tooth. Yeah. Well, that explains your cavity. I don't know uh, how you didn't get one until now. <laughs> I've always been a sweet tooth, though. So yeah. I yeah. don't think that uh, that really holds. But No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then the uh, last one I got was uh, how much sleep do you get per night? Because that was a pretty popular question. Not enough, but uh, I don't know. I think any person who has well, now children, but who has gone through the phase where you have small children mm -hmm. um, will appreciate every hour of sleep you can get. Um, yes. And I, you know, <laughs> I talked to this, there was this young, I think it was a summer student at work and she's like, oh man, I had such a rough sleep last night. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. And I just laughed at her and like, you know, I'm not saying you ever have to have kids, but if you do, remember this, com this comment you just made because you will get yeah. a completely different appreciation of sleep uh, once you have kids. So, yeah, I don't, I, I still believe that to perform optimally, I need about nine hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't really recall the last night I actually had <laughs> nine hours of sleep. Um, no, never. Yeah. Yeah. It's just even, even when the kids are almost nine and 11, like they're still regular nights where you know one will go to the bathroom and accidentally or not walk into our room and snuggle in our bed with us or and i usually half an hour later i i have one arm and leg dangling off the bed <laughs> i can either crawl in their bed and crawl up them. Yeah. yeah so i don't know sleep is you know like i said whenever you can get it but i don't get enough but at the same time i seem to be able to operate fairly functionally so someday but someday i'm not i i don't nap i i would like to but my problem is i always nap way too long if i mm -hmm. if i could and then i can't sleep in the night so yeah and then you feel miserable yeah but i'm I've, i used to be always uh when i was doing uh graphic design courses for example i would always be up till like two three in the morning mm -hmm. which is great if you can sleep in till 10 or 11. But yeah, once, once you get to that point where that's not an option anymore, like my wife gets up now, I think at quarter after five to work out so she can leave 
for school yeah. at uh, or, yeah, yeah five thirty or something, and she leaves yeah. at seven because otherwise she doesn't have time to exercise. So, and then right. I kind of wake up from that, and then I kind of just lay around for a little bit, and I, I I need some time to wake up typically, like half an hour or something like that. Well, it gives you half an hour, and then it's six o'clock, and you can sort of give yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sleep is uh, highly appreciated, but yeah, not enough. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. So now it's time for you to plug all of your sponsors, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. My sponsors. Oh well, that's yeah. going to be uh, a short. No, I. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't really. Uh, if you're in the Calgary area, check out Fast and Fossil and come out shooting, and um, you know. Like you said, if people are already listening to this podcast, I don't have to tell them to go listen to this podcast. So, uh, yeah. And and with not having posted anything for two months or so, biathlon analytics is not something that I can really <laughs> recommend right now. But there's uh, definitely still some interesting work on there. But yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be back up in in no time. So yeah, but this uh, is really our our last little bit of downtime before it really gets crazy. Yeah. But like I said, just be confident and be yourself. That's what the what the world needs in this in these crazy times. Well, thank you. Uh, this is uh, part one of our interview. We'll be back uh, for part two. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, just do the kidding. same questions, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll work on that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now I I know how uh, how mean I can be. You can be as mean as you want. Well, I will now because you've already done this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. I thought about this. I thought I, I was like, well, you know, it's one of those like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander type things, and, <laughs> and I knew that <laughs> if I ask if I ask hard questions, then I'm going to get hard questions in return. Yeah, I can't imagine so. that many listeners still being on right now, but uh, oh, I of hope, course they I are. Hope they enjoyed it's it. Only it's only been an hour and a half, so uh, I'm sure everybody is still listening. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. It's, uh, it's been fun sitting on the other side of the, the microphone, yeah, so to yeah. speak. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I can breathe a sigh of relief. The the pressure is off. I <laughs> yeah. had to, uh, you know, I had to make sure I didn't make a fool of myself with my questions, which I only made a, a partial fool. So, <laughs> no, you did good. Uh, all right, thank you everybody for listening. And yeah, um, thanks a lot. We're gonna we're gonna take a, a short break, a little peek behind the curtain here. We're gonna take about uh, twenty minutes off, and we'll be right back. We actually have another interview to to go, and this time it's uh, it's not one of us being interviewed. It's, uh, it's right. a real superstar. So absolutely. All right. Thank all you. right. Yes. Okay.